I always say this is why I started Gutless and Glamorous because um, I didn't see anybody advocating or or even saying, hey, I have uh, Crohn's disease, hey, I have IBD and I have an ostomy and everything's okay. Like, I didn't see that, I didn't have that. Welcome to episode 41 of About IBD. I'm Amber Tresca. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at age 16 and had two-step J-pouch surgery 10 years later. I'm the IBD expert at VeryWell.com and the person behind AboutIBD.com and the About IBD social media platforms. It's my mission to educate people living with IBD about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. My guest is Galen Henderson. Galen lives with Crohn's disease and she has a permanent ileostomy. Through her disease journey, she has become a fierce advocate for the ostomy community. She founded Gutless and Glamorous, and she runs a support group in her hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, for people living with chronic illness. Recently, she appeared in a major campaign from Aerie by American Eagle, modeling bras and underwear. She's also featured in the April 2019 issue of Women's Health in a piece about women with chronic pain. Through her blog and her social media accounts, she shows the world the truth about living with an ostomy, and she looks amazing while she's doing it. Galen discusses her diagnosis, which was Crohn's colitis, and I want to take a minute to explain what that means. Colitis is a general term, and it just means inflammation in the colon. Crohn's colitis doesn't mean a diagnosis of both Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. What it does mean is that the Crohn's disease is affecting the colon. With that out of the way, let's hear from Galen of Gutless and Glamorous on how she has turned her challenges into opportunities. Hi, Galen. Welcome to the show. Hey, Amber. How are you? I'm good. I'm cold. It's warmer down there, right? You're in Georgia. Yes, I am in Atlanta, Georgia, and I think it's about 70 degrees today. I want to, you know, really thank you for coming on the show and talking to me for Minority Health Awareness Month. It's a huge topic and we have so much work to do. And so I'm really interested in getting your perspective. And then also you have got so much cool stuff happening that I want you to be able to tell all about it. And I have like a bunch of questions, but I always like to start off, if you don't mind, with your disease journey, because that, you know, gives everybody a frame of reference, and then we can better understand how awesome you are, despite all of the craziness that's happened to you with your IBD. Yeah, so um, thank you. Um, So yeah, so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, with a severe case of Crohn's disease when I was 14. Um, So many, many years ago, (laughs) I don't know. So I, I, I guess I had a a difficult time, a very difficult time as far as um, being able to um, get to remission, I guess. I guess that's how I can start. So I've lived um, for a very long time in a lot of pain. So back when I was diagnosed in 1998, there weren't all of these medicinal options that are out now. So pretty much all that I had um, was prednisone, um, 6-MP, and really, that's about it for me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I started on those, was in and out of the hospital for um, years. Um, I've had a couple surgeries. Um, My first surgery, they took out um, a stricture in my colon, 
you know, I was so excited for that surgery because, you know, I had been living in pain and living with the symptoms of Crohn's disease for so long. And I really thought that, you know, okay, we figured out what is happening because none of the medicines were working um, or had eventually stopped working. And so when we found the stricture, and that took quite a while to even find the stricture, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be it. This is, you know, I'm going to start feeling better. Everything's going to be good. And um, I think that, or that was far from the case. Um, after my first surgery, I feel like all hell broke loose. And I was in and out of the hospital. I was constantly losing a lot of blood. I was in even more pain than I was previously. Um, I had developed fistulas and more stricturing disease in the lower part of my colon. And um, I was just really in a bad place mentally and physically and just was having a really hard time. And even prior to this, um, when I was younger, you know, my pediatric gastro told me that I would need, if I ever had surgery, that my entire colon would be taken out um, because I have Crohn's colitis. You know, I, I honestly don't remember that. Um, my mother tells me that story and I, I feel like I don't remember it because I kind of blocked it out. Anyway, I say that to say that, you know, here we are again a couple of years later and they're telling me the same thing that I need to have my entire colon removed. And what that means is that I would have a permanent ileostomy. The sound or even the thought of having an ostomy was, you know, I just didn't even want to think about it because all I had heard about it and all that I knew about it was not good or that it was nasty, that it was disgusting and just something that myself as a young um, woman living with Crohn's disease at this time that I just didn't want to have to deal with. And so, um, you know, I, I was putting it off as, as um as long as I could until really I had no choice. So I had a temporary ostomy at first, and then um, eventually, you know, it had to come out, my entire colon strictured. This surgery was in 2011. So this is all within a course of uh, a decade. <laughs> I'm fast forwarding a lot, but um, yeah. So my last surgery, I had a total proctocolectomy in which they removed my entire colon and now I live with a permanent ileostomy. Um, so yeah, I think that is my backstory, I guess you can say, or, or my um, kind of quick journey or, um, or quick story of uh, living with Crohn's disease. So what year was it that you had the, the proctectomy? Was it in close time-wise to when you had the colectomy or was there time in between? So I had a temporary ostomy at first. Um, and they didn't take anything out. My sigmoid colon was gone because that was the strictured part. Um, and then they, um, during the time that I had the temporary ileostomy, my, you know, my colon is still in there, still wreaking havoc. And so they did everything at the same time in 2011, colon, rectum, um, yeah. Wow, that's a big surgery to recover from. What was that like? Like, what was the recovery like? How long were you in the hospital and that type of thing? So I didn't even realize, and I think I'm still, what, eight years later, realizing how big that surgery was. I wasn't in the hospital too terribly long, um, maybe a week 
but that recovery process, and I still feel like I'm recovering, was um, incredibly difficult. It was something that I was not anticipating um, and, and had no idea that it was going to be as, for lack of a better word, grueling as it was. Um, and I think it was only grueling to me because I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't prepared for it mentally. Um, you know, I knew what I was having done, but I guess it didn't really register like just how big that surgery was going to be and what was going to exactly happen and what may happen um, and what did happen. So it was, it was a very long recovery process. Yeah, the proctectomy is a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to recover from. You might be the first person I've ever talked to that had that all done at once. Honestly, yeah, that's a lot. So you said that you kind of had an impression of what having an ostomy might be like. Do you remember where you got the impression that it was um, dirty or that it was something that um, you you maybe didn't, you didn't want to have done and you didn't want to live with? So things that I have maybe heard or had heard of in the media um, or on TV or jokes that I've, I've had heard on TV or even, um, you know, health professionals, I'll just say healthcare professionals, you don't want that surgery, you know, you're really young, you don't need that surgery, you know, things that people were putting in my ear that, you know, you probably are not going to like this surgery, not saying exactly why or not um, being completely open about it, just saying, no, this isn't something that you're going to want to do. Um, and these are actual healthcare professionals that were saying these types of things that I was encountering while at the hospital. Um, and even, you know, my doctors at the time, they were really against it um, prior to seeing a surgeon. <laughs> so, it was just different things. And I did know um, individuals that had one, but they were much older than me, much, much older than me. So, you know, I'm a young woman, 20 something, early 20s, and I'm still thinking, oh, it's gonna be nasty. And then I'm still, the only people that I'm seeing that have one um, are 50 years and older. So it was just kind of, you know, they're telling me that everything's going to be okay, but at the same time, it's still kind of, it's it's a lot different from somebody, somebody 50, 60 years old saying, hey, it's going to be okay, um, and you're talking to me, and I'm 20-something years old, like, you know, it's just, that's a big age gap, um, and, and I, you know, now looking back, everything was okay, but at the same time, um, it was just a lot to deal with and a lot to to um, conceptualize at that time. So nobody ever matched you with anyone that was younger that had an ostomy or you didn't know anybody? Basically, it was only older, older people. Yeah, no, I didn't know anyone. Okay. Yeah. And, and but there was no effort made by your surgeon or anybody to sort of introduce you to somebody of a similar age. No, not at the time. Yeah. Yeah, no. And how would you compare your quality of life, given that, okay, 
we have to, I think, put this in Crohn's adjusted terms because you, you still have the Crohn's disease. But what's your quality of life like with your ostomy uh, compared to what it was like when you still had your colon or your temporary ileostomy? So I'll start with when I had the temporary ostomy plate. So almost immediately within, within a month, I think I've always said maybe two weeks, but I'll just uh, round up to within a month, I gained 10 pounds. And as you know, someone living with um, IBD, weight gain is, is very difficult. Um, and especially, you know, when you're not, or when you're going through a flare, um, and which, unfortunately, I feel like I, I was uh, from the time of diagnosis, you know, and 10 years later. But so with the temporary ostomy, I gained 10 pounds, like it, within a month. So that was, you know, drastic, a drastic improvement almost immediately. Um, and so, I mean, my quality of life just improved so much. I, it it was remarkable, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't always looking for a restroom or worried about having to use the restroom, going out in public places. You know, just a lot of the things that I used to worry about, you know, the, the fear is still there. Or it's something that you have to continuously work through because it is still there. Um, to this day, it is. I, um, but it's not as great as it used to be. And yeah, I'm just not in excruciating pain from my colon um, at like I was before. I'm excruciating stomach uh, pain. You know, I'm just, it's just, it was a drastic change for me almost immediately when they did the permanent um, ostomy. I think that brought on in itself new challenges for me. I still feel so much better and, and I would not go back and have it any other way. Um, but I still deal with a lot of the, I don't even know what it would be called because doctors can really not describe or what's going on, but I still deal with a lot of uh, pain from the surgical area. I don't know, nothing's really been pinpointed as of yet as to why <laughs> other than probably surgery. Um, so yeah, but I mean, like I said, I would not change a thing. Like I, other than that I would have had an ostomy placed sooner. I want to move into minority health awareness. So Galen, because nobody can see you, which is a shame. Now people are going to see you because after, if they don't already know you after this episode, they're going to go and follow you all over on your Instagrams and whatever, because your Instagram's amazing. Um, so what is your ethnicity? I am African-American. Not only did you go from not wanting an ostomy at all, but you are an outspoken advocate for the ostomy community, and you are also an advocate for the minority community. So I wonder if you have ever faced any situations where that has gotten in the way of your receiving proper health care. The only thing that I can think of was, or it's kind of a funny situation, you know, I told my doctor, I was like, hey, maybe I have celiac disease. I was like, maybe I can't eat some of this stuff um, just because I think somebody told me. Um, and I was just like, hmm, I guess I never really thought about that. Uh, but I don't know what made me think I had celiac. <laughs> but um, I was like, maybe this is why none of the medicines are, are working. And so I came to my doctor. I was like, look, 
maybe I have this. Let's check for this. And he said, Galen, Black people don't get celiac disease. <laughs> and I was like, well, Black people don't get Crohn's either. And he was like, you're right. So let's test. <laughs> so that's my only thing that kind of has ever happened where my, to my knowledge, that race has ever played a factor. So I, will, so I won't say that something that maybe I wasn't aware of um, because of my race might have affected treatment, if that makes sense. But anything that was blatantly obvious to me. Um, and, you know, I had that type of open dialogue um, and, and a trust relationship with my doctors that I believe that they would have, you know, openly said, um, like that instance. But as a minority, like I said, when I was diagnosed in 98, it wasn't exactly common but for me personally because of the severity of my disease it was there was no question really so had you heard that before from other places that black people don't get crohn's disease um it was not maybe not so outright but i just remember even back then it was just categorized as um as a disease that Jewish people, you know, God or Jewish people suffered from. That's all I had ever heard. And that's all I had ever read. Like I said, I don't think any doctor, as far as I can remember, has ever outright said anything. And I know from attending camps and, and um, just going to support groups, I do know that I was the only African-American, you know, in those situations. I knew what it was. I knew what I had read, but I don't think it was just kind of like, hmm, what's going on here? I'm the only Black person with Crohn's. I don't think I ever kind of really questioned it. So when you were going through the process of thinking about ostomy surgery, honestly, it sounds like you didn't really have a choice. It was, you have to do this or you're just going to get worse. You didn't know anybody of your age at that time. And I'm assuming that you also didn't know anybody who was African-American at that time who had Crohn's disease and had an ostomy. And now you're so involved in the community and you're an advocate. What do you think that would have been like for you as a 20-something getting these surgeries to see someone like you today advocating in the, in the IBD community? I always say this is why I started Gutless and Glamorous because... I didn't see that. Um, I didn't see anybody advocating or or even saying, hey, I have uh, Crohn's disease. Hey, I have IBD and I have an ostomy and everything's okay. Like, I didn't see that. I didn't have that. Um, and I, or I wasn't aware of it. And I think if I had seen that, I would not have hesitated or been or, or been as scared as I was to have this type of surgery. Um, even at the first mention of it, I don't, I think it would have been like, oh, okay, you know, I know somebody with that and, and it's going to be okay. I still think because removing your colon is so final, I do think that it, it's, it's a huge surgery regardless. So I do think being nervous about that surgery, you know, that's normal, that's common. I would not have been worried for the reasons that I was worried. 
So I was worried about, oh, it's disgusting. It's nasty. Um, nobody's going to love me. Um, is it going to smell? So I, I don't think I would have had those concerns had I seen somebody um, or known somebody that was advocating um, and, and really just living with an ostomy, if I had known that or seen that, um, I do think that would have made a drastic impact in my decision to receive an, uh, receive an ostomy. You know, they say, try to be the person that you needed when you were younger. And, and that's really why I started Gutless and Glamorous and why I continue to advocate and, and try to show others that, you know, yes, I have Crohn's disease. Yes, I have an ostomy, but you can still do things. You can still work. You can still have a life. You know, everything will be okay. You know, you, you'll have your moments. You'll have your times like everybody. Everybody does. But um, ultimately, you have to do what's best for you, no matter how that looks like to anybody else. What advice do you have for teenage Galen? What would you tell her? I think I would tell her just just that, you know, you have to do what's best for you, no matter how that looks like to anybody else. You have to take care of you. You have to do what's best for your health, do what's best for your body, um, do what's best for your life. You know, don't worry about what other people will think. Don't worry about what other people may say. Just really take care of you. I know that it's tough, um, but I ultimately this will, you know, mold you into the person that you are meant to be. So, you know, do what you have to do. You founded Gutless and Glamorous. You have a ton of things going on. But first, tell me about Gutless and Glamorous. Yeah, so I started Gutless and Glamorous, and it started out as a blog. So I started just kind of sharing my experiences and um, sharing my life with Crohn's disease and an ostomy. And, you know, I knew this was something that I needed to do for myself, and I, as well as, like, you know, what we were talking about earlier about needing or being the person that you needed when you were younger. And so I knew that this was something that was needed in the community, but I don't think I realized how much until the responses that I received, you know, I, I mean, I I guess I knew because I've been there, I I lived through it um, and still going through it. But I mean, the responses that I received still to this day are, are amazing. It's, it's overwhelming. Um, And you know, it just, it, it made me realize that, you know, you're headed in the right direction. I think I was so afraid when I first shared my story, you know, um, like I was crying actually when I first published my blog. Um, you know, I couldn't believe that I was doing it, but, you know, having that reassurance from the messages, from the emails, from people coming up to me, it was just like, okay, yeah, this, you know, I'm not alone in this. And I think that's ultimately what, why I started Gutless and Glamorous and why eventually I, I knew that 
this needs to grow into something bigger because for that same reason to let people know that you're not alone, you know, you're not alone in, in what you're going through. Um, you may not go through the exact same situations as, as, as people or as your peers, as people that you meet um, that are going through similar situations, but you can relate more than you think you can. And so, you know, Gutless and Glamour started as a blog, but then turned into an organization to help empower other people that are living with an ostomy that um, at some time may have to have an ostomy um, due to um, whether it's IBD or uh, injury or, um, or another illness and really to um, really work hard to erase the negative stigma. And that's for public awareness, as well as for those that are contemplating an ostomy, as well as those that are living with an ostomy, because this, the negative stigma that surrounds having an ostomy plagues those that are living with it and those that are um, contemplating having an ostomy, because much like myself, you know, you hesitate, you're, you're very scared because of the stigma that surrounds it. And so really hoping to break down that um, break down that wall and just letting the world know that it's okay. It's not the end of the world. And um, really and truly, anything that has the power to save a life can be nothing but beautiful. So tell me, what's it like to click the publish button today? <laughs> I still, to this day, <laughs> I, I mean, it's still nerve wracking. I... I can't even say that it gets easier um, because you're you're sharing something that is so personal, and you know you're. St- I I feel that living with a chronic illness, every day you're learning new coping skills. Every day you're learning how to get through the next day because you know you really never and truly know what what the next day may bring. So you're just you're just fighting every day, and so. Um, share my story from day to day it's um sometimes it's difficult sometimes not every time but certain situations or certain um stories that i that i you know it's kind of like a fight it's like i know i i should probably share this i know i'm not alone in feeling this way but then again what if i am (laughs) so i mean it's still tough but um you know you understand. <laughs> I do. And that's why I like to ask people that question. And your answer is pretty much in line with most people's answer, to be honest. it's It doesn't really get a lot easier. Um, so tell me, though, about some of the events that you run down in Atlanta, which I unfortunately have never been to, but I see all the amazing pictures that come out of the fun stuff that you do. Yeah. So, um, you know, I do a, a support group for... Um, for people living with an ostomy or um, those affected with IBD. And so I think I mentioned this just a tad. When I was younger, when I was first diagnosed with Crohn's disease, I attended support groups and I was by far the youngest one there um, by at least, no exaggeration, 40, 50 years. You know, at the time I was 14, so that's not you know, totally unbelievable, but, um, you know, it's still like you're 14 at a time when you're thinking, why me? Um, And the only other people that could possibly answer are 50 years older. Um, So you're still kind of thinking, hmm, 
why me still? <laughs> so, um, or why me and why now? So I started um, the support groups and, and really just for young adults. And we try to do uh, fun things. Um, you know, we, we go to different locations or try to do different locations each time. Um, and golfing, you know, top golf. Um, we go to this, I don't even know what it would be called, like an arcade place. But, you know, we go to these places, we have fun. But it really, truly is still a support group, a support group in a, in a new way, I guess, so to say. Um, and it's fun, fearless fellowship. <laughs> like we have a lot of fun. Um, and I like I say that because we have a lot of fun. We're fearless in, in the way we, we are able to live our lives despite our, um, our illness. And we fellowship with one another and we really have become family. And so it's good to be able to connect with people um, that are going through similar situations. And then I, I do an annual fundraiser every year and that's coming up in June. Um, and yeah, it's just another way to get together um, to raise funds to support the mission of Gutless and Glamorous, but also just another a way to get together and and be together and just have a good time to dress up, have a good time and enjoy each other's company once again. Like every time we get together, it, it just really, you know, we talk, we laugh, we cry. Even at, even at the, the fundraisers, we're all in tears, but we still have a really good time. I'll never forget scrolling through Twitter as one does normally and what comes up, but a photo of you in a major campaign <laughs> for American Eagle and had no idea that this was going to happen and was, I mean, I was, I was, I was shocked. It was overwhelming. It was like one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen. So can you talk a little bit about how that all came to be? Yeah. So, so everybody asked me that. So how did that happen? <laughs> And not to say that you're, I mean, of course, you're amazing. Like, it didn't surprise me to see you. I was like, well, duh. You know, if you're going to have somebody modeling underwear, Galen is the person. But it was just, it was amazing because it was like, all of a sudden, whoa, there she is, you know? Yeah. And to be honest, when it kind of, when it was everywhere on the internet, like, I wasn't even prepared yet for it. You know, I knew I had done it. But... I, A, I didn't know that it was coming out that soon. Um, and I just started getting a lot of messages like, hey, have you seen this? And I hadn't, I hadn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was just like, oh my goodness. And I mean, to see it, um, you know, on the internet, it was just like, oh my goodness, this is really happening. But, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of Aerie for who they are and what they stand for. Um and so they posted an open call and I applied just really as simple as that. I applied and shared a, a little touch of my story and why I thought it was important um, and really what I was trying to do and why I thought it was important to, you know, to, to do what I was doing. <laughs> um, and, and really, you know, something that I, I stand for is, um, you know, raising OSCME awareness. Um, so that was my reasoning behind it. And of course, 
you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I submitted a video um, for my audition and I got the call back. And I I remember I was in the car. I think I, and I still, like, I, I read the email and I was just kind of like, hmm. And I was talking to my sister and she was like, Gaiman, that's amazing. Like, she just freaked out. <laughs> and I'm still like, like, still kind of in shock, I guess. Um, couldn't believe that I, I got a call back and she's just kind of like going crazy. Like she was, um, actually we were headed to my little brother's college graduation. And so she was, she was, um, she was so excited. Um, but I still was just like, uh, I, I guess I just didn't believe it. And that was my attitude for the the longest time until I was on set. I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and then also, you know, with living with Crohn's, I was just kind of like, hope I don't get sick and, you know, not be able to participate. And I, so I kind of had that fear to like, watch something will happen, um, which is horrible, but, you know, but I made it, I made it to set. And I just, I had the biggest smile on my face the entire time. I mean, I just, it was amazing. And even to be on set was amazing. Um, everybody was amazing at Aerie. I mean, they were so accommodating. So, ugh, I, don't, I mean, there's no, really no other way to describe just the whole entire experience as amazing. And then seeing it unfold, um, to see the support that I received, um, it, it, it was amazing. I, and I really feel like that was the support that I received from, from everybody. I think that was the best part for me. And I just want to say you, to you, Amber, I, I mean, I saw you, I so, you know, what you said earlier, never read the comments. So I, I, um, I wasn't reading the comment until my sister called me. She said, Galen, I think you should read these comments. And so I was like, okay. And so, I, you know, I'm scrolling through the comments. There really wasn't anything negative. Um, but if there was, you know, somebody from the IBD community stepped in and was just like, hey, she's, she has an ostomy or she has an ileostomy. People just explaining it, sharing what IBD was, what was happening. Or, you know, I saw the comments, What's, what is that on her stomach? And somebody from the IBD community was right there to just, you know, explain and, and, and um, create awareness. And it really and truly was amazing. And I just want to thank you because I saw you doing that and I saw you standing up for me. And it, 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 I mean, the support that I received was uh, overwhelming. Um, and it really, truly touched my heart. And it still does to this day. And like, I, I feel like that was the best part and just seeing everybody come together you know, people really are more alike than we think we are. Um, and it, it was just an amazing experience. And I'm forever grateful to Aerie for providing this experience because, you know, they didn't have to. Um, I, I think for Aerie to see and to understand how much of an impact that this would have, I think says a lot for Aerie. Um, you know, one 
one girl tweeted me, um, a young lady tweeted me and she said, you know, just the other day I said, I told my mom if I had to have that surgery that I would, um, I would kill myself. And, you know, she said, after seeing this, you know, I, I, I no longer feel that way. And so to have Aerie behind, you know, behind me and to, to have the mission that they do, you know, representation really has the power to change and, and, and for this instance, to save lives. And I think it's incredibly, incredibly important and something that needs to continue throughout, throughout all um, aspects of, um, in the industry, fashion industry, um, you know, we all need to see somebody that, that looks like us to know that, hey, I'm not alone or, you know, everything will be okay. So, you know, this experience continues to be um, all inspiring. It really was an incredible campaign. There were people of with all different body types and people with um, adaptive needs. And it was really incredible. And like you said, they didn't have, you know, they don't have to do that. It was something that they chose to do. And it was just sort of like, bam, all of a sudden, there's my friend, you know, like um, modeling underwear, you know, and um, it was pretty great. And so tell me though, like a little bit of like the nuts and bolts of, of the campaign. It, it was for, it's American Eagle, but it's airy. And then, um, like, what what season was it for? Or is it ongoing? Like, what's happening with that? The campaign I was in was for the fall bra line. Um, don't change you, change your bra. <laughs> but, um, you know, airy continues to be a, a pioneer in that forefront, purposely choosing models that represent all girls, um, all women. I'm proud and I'm so ecstatic to be in the Airy family. And I'm just really excited to see what happens next. I could tell in the pictures by the smile on your face. Like, like you said that it was such a great experience. Like I could tell, you know, looking at the pictures, you look like you were having the time of your life. You know, I mean, of course, you're wearing, you know, fun and amazing, you know, clothing and all different types of things. And but you just look like you were just having a blast. Today, I was watching your Instagram again today <laughs> um, because you're also you're in Women's Health magazine now. So it is the April issue of Women's Health magazine, and it's a it's actually a feature on women living with chronic pain, which I think is incredibly important. And so, you know, if you get the time, definitely check it out. Sometimes women can be, our, our, our pain is not taken seriously. So I feel like this issue or this feature kind of de- dove into um, really becoming an advocate for yourself as far as if you're someone that lives with chronic pain, um, I do, I live with chronic pain. And so I was asked to participate in this feature um, because of Crohn's disease. And I actually have a vascular necrosis as well. And so it really just kind of follows six women and how with different conditions and how they're living um, and really trying to 
seek the best care and demand the best care um, because of the pain that they're in. So um, I think it's a very important issue and, and hopefully this is just the beginning and we begin to talk about how pain affects women differently, um, how pain, our women living in pain are, are treated differently in um, the healthcare space, um, how pain is not necessarily, our chronic pain is not necessarily taken as seriously in women. Um, so I, this issue or this feature kind of talks about all of that and how, um, you know, to best seek treatment and care for the pain that you're living in. Yeah, so, and, but I, for, for this feature, I actually wrote a letter to my younger self. Yeah, I guess that's self-explanatory. I wrote a, a letter to my younger self really just to, I guess, encourage my younger self or what would I have said to my younger self knowing what I know now um, and, you know, just hang in there, Galen. But yeah, so, so that's what this feature is and that's how I participated. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go out like today, like we're going to wrap this up and I'm literally going to go out today and get, I hope that um, it's everywhere so that I can pick one up. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to discuss? You know, I don't know what's next. I am just anxiously awaiting um, open to opportunities that are coming my way. You know, I'm just very excited and very gracious of the opportunities that have are that are being presented to me. And um, but to really just continue to share my truth, to share my stories, in hopes that it um, continues to inspire people and continues to empower people and continues to to break down and erase the stigmas of living with an ostomy. Well, you're definitely doing that um, in all kinds of ways, and I thank you for that because clicking that publish button or showing up to set or, you know, whatever it is, writing a letter to your former self, whatever that is, it is important. Representation is important, and you're doing so much for the community, and so thank you so much. And tell me now your all of your social media channels yeah, gutlessandglamorous.org. Okay. Um, what, Instagram at gutlessandglamorous. Facebook, facebook.com slash gutlessandglamorous. And you can follow me on Twitter at gutlessglamour. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Very cool. I, I always have to look at your Instagram stories just to see what you're wearing. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, of course I want to know what's going on with you and what's happening, but I'm always just like, what is she wearing? What's going on? So that's like, that's like a highlight of me. So everyone needs to go to your Instagram to check that out. And you do such a beautiful job with your Instagram stories and videos. And I'm just, I'm in awe of it all. And so thank you for that. And thank you for talking with me. And, you know, hopefully we can, uh, keep this thing moving forward and keep dispelling these myths about people who live with an ostomy. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Amber, for having me. Thanks. Hey, super listener. Very special thanks to Galen Henderson for the brave and courageous work she's doing in the IBD community. She continues to battle Crohn's disease 
while maintaining a positive outlook and being a fashion icon all at the same time. Check the show notes for Galen's information to see how you can follow the Gutless and Glamorous blog, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's a myth that IBD only affects white people or Jewish people. People of all different ethnicities can develop IBD, and in fact, the incidence of these diseases is increasing in Africa, Asia, and South America. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to find me on social media. Let me know how you're enjoying the show, or tell me if you have a topic you'd like to hear featured. You can find me all over those interwebs as About IBD, on the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, and on my site, aboutibd.com. You can also head over to verywell.com for disease information on IBD that I've written, which has been medically reviewed by a practicing gastroenterologist. And remember until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. Coming up on the next episode of About IBD. How's your body image? How's your health? Like health is a big one. And when you are having those body image issues, which comes so hand in hand with the Crohn's and the colitis, you know, of course body image stuff is going to come up. And often it manifests as not wanting to be intimate.